Book six, chapter six of History of the Reformation in the Sixteenth Century, Volume Two, by Jean-Henri Mel Daubigny, translated by Henry Beveridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six. But fiercer combats awaited Luther. Rome was brandishing the sword with which she had resolved to attack the gospel. A threatened sentence, however, so far from dispiriting the reformer, increased his courage. The blows of this arrogant power gave him little concern. He will himself give more formidable blows, and thereby neutralize those of his adversaries. While transalpine consistories are fulminating their anathemas against him, he will, with the sword of the gospel, pierce to the very heart of the Italian states luther having been informed by letters from venice of the favourable reception which had been given to his opinions felt an ardent desire to carry the gospel over the alps evangelists must be found to transport it i wish said he that we had living books i mean preachers and that we could multiply them and afford them protection in all quarters in order that they might convey the knowledge of holy things to the people the prince could not do a work more worthy of him were the inhabitants of italy to receive the truth our cause would be unassailable it does not appear that this project of luther was realized it is true that at a later period evangelists even calvin himself sojourned for a while in italy but at this time the design was not followed out he had applied to one of the great ones of the earth had he made his appeal to men low in station but full of zeal for the kingdom of god the result might have been very different the idea at this period was that everything behoved to be done by governments the association of private individuals by which so much is now accomplished in christendom was almost unknown if luther did not succeed in his plans of spreading the truth in a distant country he was only the more zealous in proclaiming it himself at this time his discourse on the holy mass was delivered at wittemberg in it he inveighed against the numerous sects of the romish church and justly reproached it with its want of unity the multiplicity of spiritual laws said he has filled the world with sects and divisions priests monks and laics have shown more hatred of each other than subsists between christians and turks what do i say priests are mortal enemies of priests and monks of monks each is attached to his particular sect and despises all others there is an end of christian love and unity he then attacks the idea that the mass is a sacrifice and has any efficacy in itself the best thing in every sacrament and consequently in the supper is the word and promises of god without faith in this word and these promises the sacrament is dead a body without a soul a flagon without wine a purse without money a type without an antitype the letter without the spirit a casket without its diamond a scabbard without its sword luther's voice however was not confined to wittemberg and if he failed to procure missionaries to carry his instructions to distant lands god provided him with a missionary of a new description the art of printing supplied the place of evangelists 
the press was destined to make a breach in the roman fortress luther had prepared a mine the explosion of which shook the roman edifice to its very foundations this was his famous treatise on the babylonish captivity of the church which appeared sixth of october fifteen hundred and twenty never had man displayed such courage in such critical circumstances in this writing he first enumerates with a kind of ironical pride all the advantages for which he is indebted to his enemies whether i will or not says he i daily become more learned spurred on as i am by so many celebrated masters two years ago i attacked indulgences but with so much fear and indecision that i am now ashamed of it but after all the mode of attack is not to be wondered at for i had nobody who would help me to roll the stone he returns thanks to Prierio, Eck, Emser, and his other opponents, and continues, I denied that the papacy was of God, but I granted that it had the authority of man. Now, after reading all the subtleties by which these sparks prop up their idol, I know that the papacy is only the kingdom of Babylon, and the tyranny of the great hunter Nimrod i therefore beg all my friends and all booksellers to burn the books which i wrote on this subject and to substitute for them the single proposition the papacy is a general chase by command of the roman pontiff for the purpose of running down and destroying souls luther afterwards attacks the prevailing errors on the sacraments on monastic vows etc the seven sacraments of the church he reduces to three that is baptism penitence and the lord's supper he then proceeds to baptism and when discussing it dwells especially on the excellence of faith and makes a vigorous attack upon rome god says he has preserved this single sacrament to us clear of human traditions god has said whoso believeth and is baptized shall be saved this divine promise must take precedence of all works however splendid of all vows all satisfactions all indulgences all that man has devised on this promise if we receive it in faith all our salvation depends if we believe our heart is strengthened by the divine promise and though all else should abandon the believer this promise will not abandon him with it he will resist the adversary who assaults his soul and will meet death though pitiless and even the judgment of god himself in all trials his comfort will be to say god is faithful to his promises and these were pledged to me in baptism if god be for me who can be against me oh how rich the christian the baptized nothing can destroy him but his own refusal to believe it may be that to my observations on the necessity of faith will be opposed the baptism of little children but as the word of god is powerful to change even the heart of the wicked though neither less deaf nor less impotent than a child so the prayer of the church to which all things are possible changes the little child by means of the faith which god is pleased to pour into its soul and so cleanses and renews it after explaining the doctrine of baptism luther employs it as a weapon against the papacy in fact if the christian finds complete salvation in the renewal which accompanies the baptism of faith what need has he of the prescriptions of rome 
Wherefore, says Luther, I declare that neither the Pope nor the Bishop, nor any man whatsoever, is entitled to impose the smallest burden on a Christian, at least without his consent. Whatsoever is done otherwise is done tyrannically. We are free of all men. The vow which we made in baptism is sufficient by itself alone, and is more than all we could ever accomplish. Therefore, all other vows may be abolished. Let everyone who enters the priesthood or a religious order consider well that the works of a monk or a priest, how difficult soever they may be, are, in the view of God, in no respect superior to those of a peasant labouring in the field, or a woman attending to the duties of her house. God estimates all these things by the rule of faith, and it often happens that the simple labour of a manservant or a maidservant is more agreeable to God than the fastings and works of a monk, these being deficient in faith. The Christian people is the people of God led away into captivity, to Babylon, and there robbed of their baptism. Such were the weapons by which the religious revolution, whose history we are tracing, was accomplished. First, the necessity of faith was established, and then the reformers used it as a hammer to break superstition in pieces. They attacked error with that divine power which removes mountains. These and many similar passages of Luther circulated in towns, convents, and the country were the leaven which leavened the whole lump. The conclusion of this famous production on the captivity of Babylon is in the following terms. I learn that a new papal excommunication has been prepared against me. If so, the present book may be regarded as part of my future recantation. In proof of my obedience, the rest will soon follow, and the whole will, with the help of Christ, form a collection, the like to which Rome never saw or heard before. End of Book 6, Chapter 6